This is okay. Bam, we're live. Oh, oh, you mean his address, Darian's? Yeah. We sent him shit before. I, I, I think I we have it. I guess Was it Justin him. that we needed an address from then? Yeah. Do you want to text okay. him and ask him? Yeah, I'll ask him. Hey, guys, I want to show you something here real quick before we start the show. This is, by the way, this is going to be an insane show. I, I don't know who, th- who thought it is. Is this your idea, Brian? Nope. Oh, shit. Brian, uh, John's got backup. Is that fair? <laughs> Two on one? <laughs> Sorry. Uh this is your idea, Brian? No. John Young's? Yeah, and she just brought him some secret steroid sauce, I think. Savage. It's, it was probably Adderall or something. That's why I'm so strong. This is uh, that was right that here. covering the camera move. That's what uh, Ben Gerard should have done back in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I oh shit. Uh, I want to show you guys something here real quick. It has nothing to do with the show. I had posted that 14 million trees were cut down in Scotland um, to make way for a wind farm, and I was making fun of that. Like, oh, you, good job. Uh, and, and then, and then, someone in my family, super lib, uh, fact checked it and is like, well, actually, those 14 million trees will be cut down over 20 years, and actually, they'll replant all the trees. And actually, they've since 2020, they've planted. 270 million trees i'm like oh or no so since 2000 scotland's planted 272 million trees and i'm like oh wow wow so then i did a little fact checking myself uh-oh i did a little fact checking myself and we come over here and at this united kingdom scotland select a region uh website which is uh, about global forestation which has way more credibility than any of the fact checkers you can see that actually in totality scotland has lost 20 percent of its forest when i mean lost i mean dudes cutting it down with axes and chainsaws and bulldozers since 2000 and that's the thing people are tricked they're like well they planted 272 million trees since 2000 that still doesn't mean shit if we don't know the net gain or net loss so take your fact check and shove it up your. This is a family member you're talking to. Yeah, it's just it's just got him. Yeah, bingo. Fact check your fact checker. And that website is much more credible because credible because you say so. Yeah. Right. Right. Thank you. Yes. No. Uh, I I've found, when a fact check says something like we've planted 270. You're trying to figure out whether there's more trees or less trees, and they just tell you how many they've planted. You have a you have a you have a problem. They're they're trying to deceive you. We it, it it's relative to the totality of number of trees. So if there were 100 million trees and we said we um, planted 50 million and never mentioned that we cut down 200 million, I may walk I away. It, I I'm just others. saying, you know, this is a. Everyone will go to whatever website and say, look, look. I know what you were doing. And it'll support whatever they want it to support. Yeah. Well, I just, I didn't do that. I just picked on the top. But this one's called Global Forest Watch. And, I, you know, I don't know. And then you proclaimed it to be the most credible source. Well, at least it shows. It, it's not that I'm not pitting. I'm comparing apples to oranges and, and I'm showing that. I'm apples just warming up for, for John with you. Okay. <laughs> Fuck, you're fucked, fuck, John. Hey, I got my notes. I'm ready to go. But okay. pay attention, John. He's not going to attack the argument, just your sources. So you got you to be, you gotta be <laughs> yeah. wise there. You got to be wise John, there. John, what, what is that shirt you're wearing there? Who invited Rogan, Jeff? Rogan Battalion. Why did you, uh, why why? Didn't you wear the one from this year's qualifier? Did you not sign up for it? 
I did not. I was scouring the leaderboard. I thought you might be on there trying to get your place amongst the best. No, no. I'm doing the, the fittest experience. I've talked to my coach. I would have liked to do Rogue, but my wife had a cycling race that weekend anyway. So it if you could possible. follow the rules for the Rogue Invitational, you might have a chance to make it. I might have got in, yeah. I haven't even to- I haven't even told a, che- a joke yet, Jeff. You must watch a lot of shows, buddy, to know that. You must watch a lot of shows. Well, he does have an icon of just a little baby crying, so he sounds like a little whiner. Seven, have you seen what's going on with the Rogue Invitational leaderboard? No, but I would like to. It's they're terrible. actually doing well. You There's say two bad things about it. You One. say it's terrible, but at least they're making corrections. I know, but this is the same thing that I would say to CrossFit. It's like. Right. Make the corrections, hold the athletes accountable, but don't just update the leaderboard randomly and sporadically. Say the leaderboard is not finalized, it's pending review. And oh, yeah, we did talk all about the that changes. Yep. Just post the final leaderboard and say, boom, all the changes are in. This is the final leaderboard because every day you wake up and it's like, oh, where'd Scott Tetlow go? Where'd Manu go? Where did this person go? Where'd that person go? And you're like, oh, they must not have followed the rules. But then the next day you wake up and they're right back at the top of the leaderboard. Say, so what is happening? Yeah, you mean, I, we were talking about that. That there, sh- I, I, we were complimenting them uh, that they were giving us a live update of the leaderboard, but that there should be an asterisk uh, leaderboard changing regularly. It does say that the leaderboard is not finalized, it but does. <clears throat> don't just make all these sporadic changes. I mean, it's good for guys like Barbell Spin guy who's back in existence in the CrossFit world, apparently, that's also in the chat here because he can post his little blurbs every once in a while or you know updating the uh let me the see world that what's going on there before i tell no, you go to his it. instagram i mean this is a guy i equate him to the hiller of the written world where he oh, just you hate wrote, so you hate this guy too no everyone's got their place <laughs> everyone's got their place and i think he has a similar name to me actually but uh you know just he like- just he'll see something it's a, it's good he has a catchy title he puts it out there but it's a it's an incomplete story it's incomplete information he doesn't wait for it to finish before talking about it in this case, I'm not either because the Rogue Invitational's leaderboard, I think, is just, while I was very complimentary of them on the bottom line uh, with Lauren the other day in terms of the fact that they're holding the line, I wish that they would, like, it's just, it's really stressful for the athletes. They're like, what is, the athletes are messaging me, what's going on? Is this finalized? How do I know? When will it be finalized? And people are trying to make plans. There's other competition organizers that want to invite people to their competitions, but they want to be respectful of the fact that those athletes will go to Rogue if they qualify. They're in a qualifying position, then they're not, then they get invited, then they're back inside of there, and then they have to tell them, actually, I think I might actually have made Rogue. I didn't know that. I thought three days ago I did. Yesterday I didn't. Today I do. It's not right. Make one adjustment, you know. Review all the leaderboards, adhere the penalties according to the rules, and then say, boom, here's our finalized leaderboard, and congratulations to these qualifiers. Uh, I. Man, you, you you drank a lot of coffee this morning. You're 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 succinct, on point. 10 hours of sleep. Ready to fuck shit. Hey, go back to that website. That's a fucking dope website. Why don't, that's what our website should look like. I think that was Instagram. No, no, no. Good. The barbell spin website is dope. Oh, that is. It's clean. It's clean. Oh, someone go to their website. I'm at their website. Their website is dope. I really like that picture of uh, all the name, the, the placards at the games. I don't know who took that or where he got it, but I liked that picture a lot. Um, go to uh, can someone pull that up Barb just go to barbellspin.com first of all I I don't know anything about this guy but I love his logo he the the name of the website says it all it's a spin right barbell spin and uh, the first thing I noticed I don't why don't more people talk about how hot Tia Toomey is 
That's the first thing you notice. Yeah, because she. I guess maybe because she doesn't post uh, thirst pics. She's cool. Uh, and then look at this site. This is exact. Susa, this is our site right here, dude. A fucking big photo, and then just latest news. And then and then and then we just slowly, um, uh, as we grow the fucking Sevon Podcast Empire, those are just articles. Oh, look at he even gives me credit. I fucking love this guy. <laughs> Uh, but trust me, Barbell Spin Brian will not be coming on the show again. The way he talked about you, I apologize. <laughs> this is his last. John, you're in trouble. This is Brian's last hurrah. His name's also Brian. He just posts by Brian, no last hey, name. And he's a one man right. show. He just fucking just. This uh, is, I'm not sure. I I think so. Um, he wasn't uh, he wasn't reporting for a while, and then about a month ago or so, he just started doing that again. I think it's good. You know who he is? Only by. No, I've never met him or spoke to him. God, that sucked what happened to Becky Konzelman. Oh, God. Don't bring that up. Okay, well, sorry. That's I'm just, I just see it in the news here. I really liked her. Yeah, she's amazing. And she was cool to talk to, too. She was just a cool dude. Yeah, and what she's choosing to do with her life and uh, you know the opportunities she created were great. All right. Why do you got to bring that up? You? Yeah. The, the show, I don't think there's any way in hell we can get through these, but I want to read you some of the fucking battles we're going to read this morning. What's better for the sport, parody or dominance? I don't know what that means. Anyone to set the premise for the show? Oh, please go ahead. John, this is your idea. So, okay. So basically we came up with some topics that uh, we like to debate all the time, just uh, during the games or like it's these are the conversations that you have with everybody that enjoys CrossFit or the sport of CrossFit as far as who's better here, who's better there. And we're just going to kind of have a debate show where I have a take or Brian has a take and the other one has to take the other side. And we're going to argue our takes and then see uh, who the public agrees with more. And you guys already know that you guys don't agree with any of these. We had a brief a very brief conversation, um, but we'll try to, even if we do agree, we'll try to present the argument for both sides. Right. Yeah. So if we do agree, it is the job of the other person to take the other side and make a case. And this, this is a premise that goes back to, uh, you know, anyone who's ever done like a high school debate team or club or anything like that, you know, you would be on the bus driving to someplace and Someone would say, okay, here's the topic. And then they'd say, boom, John, you have the pro, Brian, you have the young and the idea or the con. And the, and the idea. Like yeah. <laughs> and the idea is that if you are really knowledgeable about the topic, you could argue either way. Um uh, uh Susa, is Susa gone? Oh, Caleb, can't we just steal this barbell bell spin website? Can't we just like hire hey Susa, can't we just hire someone to Susa, can you hear me? Can yeah. we just steal this website? Can we just like where it says barbell spin, put the Sevon podcast and like just like <laughs> can't it's probably some, just a template of a, of a website. Can't someone just grab that and just yeah? Well, not, we'll we'll reference it over to our people and we'll see how much they could just mock it up. Maybe they'll just steal the whole thing exactly. And maybe we could just buy that dude's website. Can that dude come work for us so I can watch him and Brian fight? I just really like this. This is cool. And it's got Mal and Tia and Laura Horvat. Hey, Mal's going to be 
uh, an American mouse going to fuck. Okay. So that's okay. I'm distracted. Uh, what is better for the sport parody or dominance? Meaning uh, different champions or, or the Matt Fraser shit or in Tia shit or it changing every year, right? Yeah. 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 So basically what we had this year in the men's side where we did not know who was going to win until it happened uh, versus Tia when you know she's going to win. Uh, will Matt be the next Tia when Tia is gone? Mal. Mal. Will Mal be the next Tia when Tia is gone? Maybe maybe will Mal be the next Tia like before Tia is gone? Do we know if Tia is staying or going? <laughs> she she has given a lot of statements that make me think she's retiring, but obviously until she does it, it's not official. Didn't Shane say uh, seven sounds better than six? I think that- Tia said that. I thought Shane posted on his Instagram, Sevon sounds better than six. You're trying to get me going again, Sevon? Can can Vellner, Fakowski, and Bjorgman, Bjorgman, Carl Goodmanson ever beat Justin Roman, Ricky again? Oh, this just, this one's savage. I can't wait to see how fucking Brian fucking <laughs> wiggles his way out of this one. This is between being a rock and a hard spot. Brian's not going to have to take a stance on that. I, I guarantee you that one. He's going to like slip and slide. He's going to, there's going to be some of these that Brian's not going to be able to take a stance on. We're, we're not going to know after listening to him, to him talk for 20 minutes, what his position is. He's caught between a rock and a hard spot. But you saw what do you, Vellner's toast, huh? Huh? John, that's it. I would like he's going to, he's just going to become a regular on this show now. How old is he? 32. He's probably going to replace Taylor self or something. He'd probably get more views then. Uh, is Tia really the best CrossFitter of all time or the fittest in history? That really does need to be talked about a little bit. Because it's it's, it's between – is it between her and Rich, you'd say? Matt. Okay. Okay. Her, her Rich, and Matt, all three okay. of them. What if we can't? Okay, fine. Uh, higher expectations. I don't even know why we're uh, getting here. This is a great one too, but I don't think we'll ever make it down this far on the list. This will have to be a show too. Higher expectations for next year. Emma Carey coming out of Brute. Annika Greer coming out of who knows where. Maybe she'll go back to underdogs athletics now that uh, uh, Danielle the bully Brandon's gone. And uh, versus Olivia Kerstetter. Wow. Hey, those are three new names on the leaderboard. Next year is going to be fucked for the girls, too. What a mess. This is going to be a lot of jockeying. And then a conversation that I've never heard talked about in depth, which really needs to be talked about. Who is the fittest in Europe in 2023? Lazar Jukic or Bjorgren Carl Goodmanson? And we should probably do the women, too. We should probably figure out who the fittest woman is in Europe, too, because with... Uh, uh, we know who it is. We do? Yeah. Annie? Oh, if she comes back to individual... Still, we I think we know who it is. Oh, you think it's Gabriela Magawa? That's your answer to everything in Europe? No. Who is it? Laura Horvath. Oh. Better than Annie? Yeah. Say so. When, <laughs> when is Annie? Oh, she said she beat her last year and she's <laughs> 10 years younger. Hey, listen, listen. On the uh, Is she 10 years younger? Maybe eight, nine. Holy cow. How old is Laura? 24 or five. I'm never sure because of how the CrossFit Games website does it. And I don't have a list of all their birthdays. It says she's 25, but... She's a fucking kid. Give or take a year. No wonder wonder when she's on the show, she's so intimidated by me and acts so weird. 
she's scared of me shaking like a leaf i need to i need to take uh, uh note of that how young she is i need to be nicer like helping yeah i've made i've drawn comparisons about rich being the mj of crossfit years ago but it was only from a branding perspective in terms of basketball he's way more like bill russell than anything else that's exactly what I told Mike Halpin as well, Brian. Like the no exact way. player. I, I said more like the Bill Russell. <laughs> yeah, and Fraser's like Will Chamberlain. No. Uh, MJ all the way. I, I'd, I'd also Take like a to throw center and a guard. I'd like also like to throw this. Um, there's a guy now in the 185-pound class in the UFC called Israel Adesanya, and he was saying that the reason why Michael Jordan is better than LeBron is because of the emo- his emotional appeal. And he says he wants to be that fighter too, that people become emotionally connected to, and that, that there's a greater emotional appeal to Jordan with the with the fans than LeBron. I'm not even sure what that means, but like for some reason, I'm kind of buying it. And I think that there's a far l- larger, greater emotional appeal to Rich than uh, probably either Tia or Matt. Whatever the, fuck, the emotional appeal is. Yeah. Yeah, people just like him more. Yeah. But Sevon, he has less Instagram followers. Yeah, I don't can't explain that, but I'm just telling you, I just think that people uh I think Rich has got a little something something. Should we get started? Let's do it. What is better for the sport, parody or dominance? Can we look up the word parody? And when you, you, wanna, when you say the sport, you're talking about CrossFit. Do we have to prove that it's a sport first? What is better for CrossFit? The sport. It's better for CrossFit the sport, parity or dominance. You want to go first or you want me to, Brian? Do you want to look up that word, someone? Yeah, he, here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, an imitation of style of a particular writer, artist, or genre with deliberate exaggeration. I think, uh, you, I think that's, whoever wrote that's, that's this chose the wrong uh, spelling of parody. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, I had no idea there were two. This should be spellings. spelled P A R I T Y. That was a uh, copy pasted from the uh, list that was sent to me. So. Hey, hey, hey! But there's no reason to just point thing. No one's not. No reason, Susan. No one's thinking out loud that it's your fault. Um, the state or condition of being equal, especially regarding status or pay. Oh, please, the woke woke. All right, all right. So this is the state of parity. Parity just means that we don't know who's going to win before the event starts. Okay, great. I'll take that definition. Thank you, John. It can be anybody's game of, you know, three to five people. It's not you just, go. You go first. Do uh, we like it knowing going into the CrossFit Games that Tia is going to smash or would we prefer that the, the, it was a closer race until the last minute? Yeah. So from my and this is kind of a, you know, your own opinion question. There's not a lot of facts that can like back back this up. I enjoy parody way more than dominance. I, I think watching Somebody like Tia or Matt crush an event is really cool. Like when Tia almost carried the yoke all the way down in one round in 2021. I think I think that stuff's awesome. But for one event, not the whole competition. And I don't I don't think there's anything more fun than when you have Roman, Ricky, and Justin in the last day, and you don't know who's going to win, and people pick their favorite. You know, he, he, you know, people root for Roman, people root for Ricky, and people root for Justin, and then they can all kind of battle it out and talk about it the whole entire weekend, and it makes the experience much more fun. Um, I thought the men's race was awesome this year, and uh, when you just know who's going to win, it kind of takes the sales out of the weekend. And, I mean, you hope to see Tia or Matt or Rich do something that we've never seen before because they are 
the fittest people in history, but it's, I don't think that's as fun as not knowing who's going to win until, until it happens. He meant to say, take the wind out of the sails. Just so you know, Brian, in case you got confused. I can't, I really couldn't follow anything after that. Okay. <laughs> he likes to see, he like he, he liked the tension of the men's race. I can't remember anything about the women's race. He kind of has a good point. I was on the side of I like a dominant champion, but now that I think about it, I was I can't really remember Jack about the women's competition. I know Danielle Brandon took fourth and Tia won. <laughs> I don't know the other two people. I don't know who took second and third. Like Laura had a crazy comeback. I know. Go ahead. Mal and Laura, but I don't know in what order. Mal? What order? Oh. You know the order. No, no, because yeah, of course, you know, no matter how good the competition is or how not how not good it is, uh, everyone's going to remember the winner. Um, I think that there is, you know, it's it's really difficult to to argue with what John says. Like it's more exciting and more dramatic if you're if you're unsure who the winner is going to be. But I think that the best situation um, is often when there's like a dominant figure that's regularly being challenged and still finds a way to win. And in some ways, that's what you had with Rich, where it was like you kind of felt like he was always going to win, but you weren't sure after Friday. Saturday, was starting to like, okay, he's back in the mix. And then Sunday, he did his thing, and then he'd win again. And for Justin this year, it was kind of like that too, where he, you know, he wasn't the, the, the front runner and the leader throughout the competition or even for half the competition. You know, he, he took it late in the competition. He was still close on points, but he found a way to get it done in the end. Yes, Tia had to come from behind a little bit, but once she took the leader's jersey, after event five, no one thought she was ever going to relinquish it, and she didn't. And even coming into the competition, I mean, it was like, okay, we know Tia's going to win, and let's talk about everyone else. And that's just, uh, it's it's incredibly impressive what, she, what she's doing, of course, but it also takes all, you know, any of the drama or excitement sort of out of it, unless you're a big fan of just seeing records being smashed and broken and set. And, you know, this goes back to, you You know, you could draw parallels in a bunch of other sports. Were you a Tiger Woods fan? If you're a Tiger Woods fan during the 2000s or a Roger Federer fan, you know, during that similar time frame, you like dominance. You like guys that go out there and it's like, come, no one can beat this guy. It's incredible to watch him play. It's Tiger versus the field. It's Federer versus the field. It's Tia versus the field. And there's definitely a huge fan base that likes getting behind a champion and likes watching that champion continue to smash and break records. And even CrossFit now, who's, you know, contending and, and putting out there that Tia is the fittest of all time, you'd have to say that, you know, the media behind that is supportive of do- of a dominant champion and wants to see that person extend what's possible and extend those records and lay the, the you know, the, set the new mark for the next person to chase. Uh, uh, also, in, in the early days, we had, I mean, we could, it could still be this way, but we had so much access to the fucking athletes. So we knew what was going on. So if there was a dominant athlete like Rich, there were enough nuances that were revealed revealed to us as fans and behind the scenes and shit like that that you could you could still find a ton of value. Who you, who was doing that? Matt and T are far less accessible than far less accessible than uh, than other champions. They're just <clears throat> accessible in different ways. Uh, you yeah, can you have certainly... to buy. You can buy their programming. Yeah, well, okay. They're, I mean, well, all I'm saying is, is I the agree. The whole landscape I, I, of the sport changed when the media department of CrossFit was disbanded because it right. opened up the possibility for all this outside media. And then you have an opportunity for proven to have its own media team. 
Right. And so you want to find the content about Tia, you have to go through their channel, which means that they're controlling the narrative much more than if the CrossFit media director from back in the day was telling this story the way that he wanted to. Like if, if we knew Tia was this year would have been a great year for us to see a lot of behind the scenes shit on Tia. Because after day one, she well, we said might. Some, yeah. You mean from her documentary crew? Yeah, we might. But like I said, they're, they're going to be telling that story probably with some kind of an agenda. Can Whereas, I, can I you know, counter Brian's point real quick before we get off on something else? <laughs> please, please. Uh, so your, his, your argument was is dominance, but like when you just barely win, but you somehow find a way to do it every, every time. Yeah. I'm saying that's one way to be dominant. But I was later on. What I was saying is, there are also people that love the records. They love the streaks. They love the winning by 300 points and saying, "I don't think anyone will ever do that again." And they love the mm-hmm. six in a row. And they love that. Um, and they, you know, and they get behind that champion. And it's, uh, and it is cool. And it's once, you know, it's it's sometimes it's like, well, when will we ever see this again? And let's appreciate it while we have it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, I. I tend to kind of agree with you about your rich point where he was not always in the lead until Sunday. And then he always ended up winning. Um, But when I think of dominance, like, yes, his career was dominant, but like those games weren't dominant. You know what I mean? So when I'm thinking of dominance, I'm like people, nobody thinks that you can lose anything. And, like, we have that with Tia, we have that with Matt, and Rich would lose stuff all the time in individual. I would argue his team stuff is dominant. Um, but, like, your definition of dominance is not the definition that I would call dominance. I would almost say his willpower or his heart or, you know what I mean, stuff like that. And then I don't think Rich is questioned. You know what I mean? Say yeah. no, Brian. Yeah, that's well, we'll get, we'll get to that when we talk like about will it. to win is, is different than dominance. Dominance is you're so far ahead, you don't have to work hard to win. Like, how many events have we gotten from Matt or Tia where they could just kind of coast once they got ahead of everybody in a workout and they still win because they're that much fitter? That's Isn't why Tia significantly more dominant than Matt. If we're well, we'll get to that question later. We'll get to yeah. that question later. But uh, but like when Matt did friendly Fran in the qualifier and beat everybody by a minute, um, we don't see Matt go that hard almost ever because he doesn't have to. That's how dominant he is. Where Rich always had to try hard to win. He did win every time. And I would argue that is the most fun uh, to watch whenever you have a guy that always – Ends up coming out on top, but it, you know sometimes the deck is stacked against him. I You're do checking out your own head now. I'm just it, what's he thinking about? He just thinks it's huge. Is that is that? I got a big all, forehead. I do have juiced. a receding hairline. I'm gonna have to go bald eventually. It's coming, but he's all, he's all juiced up. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get that. Either, hey, Jeff, but, uh, Jeff, you none your none of your comments matter. Go to your room. Is Jeff a guy that you paid to be in the comments? I don't know, but he love. I hope he start falls in love with John Young. I want John needs a dude like that who's just fucking shit up, and this guy's just fucking shit up in the comments. But I don't. I wouldn't consider that dominant, though. You know what I mean? It's more of a will to win, and he always does it than dominance. Like is Rocky Balboa dominant? No, he just always found a way to win. I know it's a bad analogy, but you get what I'm saying. No, no, I like that. I like that. I like that. 
I still would think I, I still think it though it's crazy to say that Rich isn't wasn't dominant. In his individual. Yeah. I mean, but, and, and, no, I and for a career, both. he is. I, I mean, you both. do it four times in a row, you are dominant. Right. But like if every individual competition, he he wasn't. Right. You know, you might could argue one year he was when he won by a hundred points. He only won by a hundred points one time. So it's both of individual. you so both of you agree, both of you want to lean on the side of parody over dominance. You think that's better for the sport? That's what it's it from, enter- from an better. entertainment. But what's value. better for the sport? Better being makes more money and gets more people in the seats, right? From an entertainment value, yeah, the parody is 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 probably more fun to watch for more people. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily that fun to tune in and say, Oh, this person's just gonna crush everyone again. But I think there are people that like watching that. And I think that also from a historical perspective and, and studying the sport and setting a standard um, for people to chase in future generations, that it's important to have those baselines of what's possible. Uh, and like, you know, what John's saying about like, the margin of victory that Rich had, which is relatively small compared to some of the years that Fraser was winning and some of the years that Tia had won or has won, um, it's definitely true. But it was, uh, I think uh, just a different mindset, you know, Rich was had one objective, which is to win the games and he found a way to do it. Fraser had a different objective and that was to win everything. <laughs> like he didn't, he hated getting second in a single event. Rich didn't mind that if at the end of the weekend, he was still on the top of the podium. What did Matt say? He wanted three podium spots in that one year at the game, but he only got he, two. He wanted to be better than third and second combined. Yeah. That's and I think I, I also think that's why people like Rich more, and like Rich so much. Better. And I'm saying there's a group of people that like Matt more that want to see oh, yeah. that killer mindset. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I prefer dominance. <clears throat> you guys, you guys both about sports here, and and I. <laughs> I prefer dominance, and I, and I and I think it's better for the sport. I do think it's weird that that it just keeps happening that there's a dominant man and dominant woman simultaneously. I, I back in the day after Rich was done, everyone's like there'll never be another Rich, and now it's just like they're just. It seems like there's always going to be one. Well, that leads us into our second question really well. But I want to hear what you guys think. So, so on this side, both of you agree that parody with the T. I think it's a, more fun to watch. But, you, but the question is, was what's better for the sport? What's better for the sport? I mean, you're not going to like that, this answer, but probably a combination. Jeez Louise. Because as far as like selling stuff and getting. I don't know, Seven, tell, me, tell there, me this. Next year, if Tia decides to compete, how excited are you for that relative to if she doesn't? I, I'm excited. That's I'm excited. I'm, ve- I'm, more, I, I'm more excited for her to compete. The year after a dominant champion leaves kind of sucks because you kind of have to write that off. Like Medeiros' first win, that's what's so hard. You have to write that off as just like it's a fluke because Matt's not there. It's only the second – because he was so dominant when you come in, this second year you're finally like, okay. And I talked about that with, I think, Medeiros, like, and, and we talked about it with Nikki Rod. Do you have to – kill the champion to get their soul like i think if medeiros would have beat fraser or if mal beats tia they they put on for lack of a better metric an extra two hundred they they'd steal their instagram followers they don't really but you know what i mean they get an influx like oh shit they beat the best let me make an that's answer. another reason why jordan's better than lebron jordan didn't lose lebron's we've seen lebron's human 
Jordan, Jordan never lost in the finals. The, uh, Jordan Jordan uh, uh, won with the flu. He lost a lot of times before he got to the finals. You know what I mean. And there's this, you know, there's, and there's there's other things. So there's a guy in the in disc golf right now, the world champion. By the way, I'm not in this. Sorry, I'm not in this uh, debate. Yeah, you are. You're here. Oh. There's a there's a uh, the disc golf world championships are happening right now, and there's this player Paul McBeth, and every year since 2012, he's finished first or second. He's a, he's won five times. He's gotten second four times, and one year they had to cancel the event because of COVID. And right now he's in second place going into the final round of the competition. He's three strokes behind this guy who's never won anything significant. And if that guy wins the competition, I don't feel like he's stole his soul or his or his uh, Instagram followers because this guy's never done anything substantial. And the other guy for 10 years has placed first or second in the event. Like You can always have someone in, in disc golf who comes up and has this incredible weekend and beats you know, the entire field, but then they might not have another significant result the whole year. CrossFit is different. Like if you're going to be good once, you're probably going to be good again. And you're probably going to be good again because it's really, really hard and demanding to contend with that top person. And, and I agree with, I do agree with you that if someone like Mal beats T or if someone likes Justin beats Matt, that it's substantial and significant, but <clears throat> you know, one of two things. Happen. Well, one of two things like, can they do it? If they do it once, can they do it again? That's why last year to me, Rogue was so significant for Madeiras. It's like, yeah, you beat Velner at the games and it was kind of close. Velner made a bunch of mistakes, but then we went to Rogue and he did it again. And then we went to the games this year and it wasn't Velner this time. It was Roman and it was Ricky and they were making not big mistakes, just small ones here and there. And this guy didn't. And that to me is like, that's the thing that I really, really enjoy watching is when Madeiras goes out there. And even if you're rooting against him, as long as you can appreciate the fact that he's capitalizing on every performance and maximizing his potential every time he takes the floor, that's a, you know it's not dominant on the scoreboard, but it's dominance in terms of execution and performance over an entire year now with several competitors and several different competitions, and that's something that I can can appreciate. No, he's he's literally the fifth best in the world at everything. Who? Medeiros. Like there is nothing in fitness that he's not just the fifth best in the world. Right. But uh, the top four guys that are beating him on the swimming workout can't beat him on the running workout. And the guys that beat him on the running workout can't beat him on the lifting workout. And you just go around. And, and I, I've never seen it like as expanded as it is for him. Like if we're not counting Matt, um, it's literally everything. I thought he was in trouble in the sandbag and he somehow. Me too. Still got around fifth. Like he's, He's amazingly consistent. Sousa, Sousa, a couple things. Um, can you uh, graph after the show's over? Can you graph um, the viewership from when uh, Brian started talking about ultimate frisbee and to where he ended, and graph the numbers and see see what that <laughs> to did the, to the decline. Show. Yeah, and then get bring and then bring that uh, send that around, please. I know <laughs> you're going to be watching the final round later today. At what time is it at? Two thirty. At what station? Twelve thirty Pacific. I'd probably be live on Disc Golf Network and YouTube. Okay, send me a link. I will actually watch that. Uh, and, oh, and one more thing, Susan. You don't watch frisbee golf over college football? No, well, I'm going to watch UFC, actually. No, college football? <laughs> the fuck this is, 1997? Where do you live, in the middle of the country? Uh, uh, Susan, are you going to get Keelan Henry on and the world's greatest racquetball player, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I just we have know. a WhatsApp. Do you want the world's greatest pickleball player? There's, they're actually in town, like two miles uh, want, away from me. Yes, and it's the guy yes. that went to, co- to a college with my brother. John Bones or something. Uh, John Bronze. It's a different sport. Pickleball. I know. We talked about yesterday about getting the greatest pickleball player on, didn't we, Sousa? 
What was his name? name? I don't know. What's his name? We looked it up yesterday. It's Zane something or other. Okay, we'll get him too. Okay. Hey, none of the fucking uh, Frisbee guys will come on the show. I don't know what's wrong with them. I know. I have to let's go. Let's go to our next question because we're gonna be on here for three hours if we don't. No, no, no. We have to. I have to go to uh, jujitsu tennis and jujitsu soon. Will Mal O'Brien, formerly with James, formerly with Elijah Muhammad, then with James Townsend, now with Matt Fraser. Will that Mal O'Brien, the kid? Who doesn't know? Who can't talk? She's also she's also uh, deaf mute. Will she be the next Tia Toomey? Almost, almost arguably the greatest CrossFitter who ever lived, without a doubt. Not you even arguable, first. without a doubt. You, you go first, Brian. When? And, but the caveat here is: is when Tia is gone. We don't even know if Tia is gone. Who wrote that question? I I mean, look, if Tia said I'm coming back next year then we might have rephrased this question to say, can Mal beat Tia in 2023? The whole thing with, with Tia and, and for next season is frustrating to me and it's whatever. So instead, we're going to ask this. When Tia retires or, or steps aside, can Mal have a dominant career for a period of time that rivals Tia's? And I think... Meaning uh, three to five championships. In a row. You know, yeah. Can yeah. she win three to five in a row? I think that's, where, a, that's a fair way. Nobody to can beat her. Yeah. And I think that, I think the answer to that is yes. I think she has the potential to do that. And in order to, when I was like, just kind of going back and looking at um, what are the criteria that you would need to have to be able to do something like that? I looked at, this is Mal's second year competing at the games. I think that the women's field both of these years has been a little bit depleted relative to what it could be on a global scale where we're just missing some of the top 20 women in the world for a variety of different reasons. But either way, to finish seventh in your rookie year is impressive. <clears throat> the women that she had to had to surpass to finish second this year, and it was, like you said, Savan, it was almost a lackadaisical second. Like she just finished second, and it was kind of casual. She was... Yeah, she was behind Haley early on and Emma Lawson, but she passed by both of them. And then Tia passed her by. But from the rest of the weekend on, no one ever overtook her for second place. So as as much of a lock as Tia was from event five on in first place, once Mal got into second place, also no one caught her. And all the people that were close rescinded and Laura made a charge at the end, which was um, expected if you knew the programming, but it wasn't enough to catch her. And so I looked at Mal's results this year relative to Tia's results in her second year at the Games, which was 2016. And in that year, uh, Tia finished second to catcher, and it was pretty close. And she aver- her average event finish was 8.2. And I would say that she had three below-average finishes. Those, those finishes were in Murph, Double DT, and the handstand walk. Who was uh, that? Tia, Tia in 2016. These finishes were all in the range of 17th to 22nd. And they were her three worst finishes that year. She did have a 13th and a two 13ths and everything else was inside the top 10. So I looked at Mal's performances this year and there's some differences because there are always differences when you're talking about these things due to the changing uh, cut system. So you might have like a 12th place finish on the last day. That's actually, you know, 12th out of 20 instead of 12th out of 40, which is substantially different. So you have to weigh it a little differently, but either way, um, Mal's kind of worst event finishes this year were on uh, events that I'm not too worried about earlier in her career. Oh, and by the way, she averaged 8.9 to Tia's 8.2 was her event finishes in her second year, and she obviously lost to Tia. And I would also say that 
you have to account for the fact that as we go on in the sport, there's more and more relative or relevant athletes in the field. So I think that this is a fairly similar performance in her second season there. And obviously we know what Tia went on to do. The reason why, I, you know, and so the stats are one thing, but the main reason why I think Mal has the potential to do this is because of the areas that she's shown she can improve rather quickly. And it's something that Fraser was able to do. He would be exposed on something. He would come back and he would expose the field to the fact that he's now not, that's not a problem for him. Tia was able to do this as well. If you look at um, like an event like double DT where she, that was, you know, until, until this skill speed medley, that was the like last really bad event that she'd had in her career where she finished 22nd. I'm pretty confident if you rolled out double DT from 2018 onward, uh, maybe even in 2017, but I don't know. Still, she only won by a couple of points a year. There are a lot of really good women in the field. But from 2018 onward, she's going to win double DT, you know, in my opinion. So she, she's able to eradicate these mistakes. Really, the two outstanding bad performances from Al this year at the Games were in the Sandbag Ladder and the Alpaca event, both of which were mo- basically just testing uh, strength in a slightly different way. And you can look at the results of, of the Alpaca and see how weight was such a critical factor in that workout. Tia, Emma Lawson, Haley Adams, all of the girls that are a little bit smaller didn't do great on it with the way that it ended up being. And the sandbag ladder is something that I'm not that concerned about an 18-year-old girl finishing 24th on at this stage in her career. I feel like she has an opportunity to improve in that regard. What I did like from her in a strength event was the back nine. And even though she finished 12th in it, which was one of it was one of her bottom five performances, it didn't stop her in the tracks that it did it did some of these other girls that also sometimes struggle with the strength events. And I think that Mal has the capacity and ability based on what I've seen from her to improve in the strength events in a way that Tia improved in some of those things after her second season. And she's already, I mean, look at this. I know she didn't win any events this year, but sixth, third, fourth, third, ninth, second, ninth, second, third. Those are all really, really impressive events reminiscent of Medeiros, like John's talking about with him, where he might not be winning anything, but he's just there. And on all these varieties of events, even when they're long, even when they're short, even when they're high power output, even when there's a nuance of a skill, she seems to be good enough to put up a solid enough performance. And that's what you need. The next step for her is, you know, cross off one or two of those boxes of the things that are a little bit problematic and find a way to win one or two events. And I'm pretty confident she's going to be able to do that in the next year or two. And I think she has a chance to go on a run of at least three in a row. Uh, Mal. Yeah. Why Why only three in a row? I said at least three in a row. Okay. And it's like, because there's always a chance that someone else could, could come up, right? And that's, right. you know, and we already see that there are people like Emma Lawson, who's finished sixth in a rookie year. We don't know what Olivia Kerstetter is going to do. Is Emma Carey, Emma Carey beat Mal at the games the last time there was a teenage division. Does she have the potential to come back and do that? Can Laura get better? Can Haley get better? Can Gabby get better? There's plenty of women that are in an like in a realistic stage in their career that are still going to be there threatening her. But based on what I saw this year, compared to all of those women, she has less holes, and she's proven to me that she has a greater capacity to shore up those holes than a lot of the other women that she'll have to likely fend off. I hard hold, hold on, hold on, Mr. Young, hold on, uh, uh, Mr. Olson. Thank you. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope you have a fabulous weekend. Hope you're going to spend a lot of time with your kids. Uh, Martin Graham, uh, the best CF analysis shows in history. You know when I, I I imagine Martin when Brian was going off just to be like, and then and then just jump up and start pumping his fist and then fucking run over to his keyboard and drop a twenty. I appreciate <clears throat> it. That's kind of how I I visualize. You're a good dude, Jeff. 
I love John Young's head. I'm his favorite. I'm his number one fan. Uh, Really quick, John, before you go, I know you're ready to get shot out of a cannon here. Brian, so you're saying, yes, everything seems to be lined up outside of uh, uh, for Tia to be the uh, Mal to be the next great. I do think that the women's competition, the, the greatest women uh, and fittest women in the world are still ahead of us. I do think that. But but do, what, is that what you're saying? You're saying, yes, Mal is the next to you. I'm saying, yes, she has the chance. to. Be. I think that uh, I think that, the, you know, yeah, I think I think she I think she could be. She's kind of pregnant. Not really. She could get pregnant. Well, I was going to say something, but I already said everything I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I think. See, like it's a little wishy-washy, I think. Um, uh, Jan Clark, uh, Mal has the same number of holes as other women. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and go, okay, Savon? Okay, please, go ahead. All Unless right. someone gives more money, you can speak. Um, <laughs> your, uh, your argument is that she showed that she can sure up her holes better than other women. If, it come, if, it's, if we're talking about Laura Horvath and handstand push-ups, I completely agree. Uh, other than that, I don't think she's shorn up her whole, she made a huge jump in fitness. She did. And it surprised me. And I think she is the woman to be as far as next year go. If Tia doesn't compete, but if that handstand pushup workout was not there, Laura would have beaten Mal. She took a zero on that workout. Okay. If that workout is anything else and she gets 10th place, which is 70 points, she would be ahead of Mal. It was also Mal's worst workout or third worst workout of the weekend. Okay, cool. But you take Wow, uh, just so you know, John Young's making up a really good point here. I have to show you this on the leaderboard. Holy shit, this is fucking you crazy. Take, you take <laughs> Laura Horvat took 30 fucking ninth. No, a zero. And and listen, there might be still handstand push-up workouts, but if it's not that deficit that she just can't do, she's not going to be 39th and take zero points. And Mal's holes have always been that she's not the best sprinter and she's not the strongest. Now, if you're telling me that she can put 50 pounds on her back squat the way Tia made that huge jump, then sure, she can be the next Tia. But I'm saying Tia was not – Tia was a baby in her second competition. She was not her full potential at all. Susan, if we had a good show, you'd push a button and we'd hear like a crying sound effect right there. When he called Tia baby, you'd hear wah, wah. Go on, John. Not not that type of baby. I'm talking about young to CrossFit as far as I know. years go. Yeah, I know, but it's still, Matt, it would still Matt be effective. has been doing CrossFit since she was 12 years old. She's a veteran as far as body mileage, as far as training in CrossFit. Yeah, but how much had her body changed during those six years? She's just cool. getting used to it. I don't think it's going to change much more, though. She's still the tiniest girl out there. If anybody went to the games, she's the tiniest girl out there. The sandbag, she got, what, 20, 24th? I don't see her magically getting first place, which is what Tia did. Like when Tia, Tia is first place in the strength events and first place in the running events, Mal is never going to be first place in those events. She's not going to shore up the holes that much where she is just dominating the field, which is this is what we're talking about, her being the next Tia Toomey. Not that she can't win. I think she's the woman to beat as far as winning goes. But Laura, look at Laura. Laura had the worst start she ever had, okay? And then she comes back in the back nine and gets third, ninth, third, first, first, fourth. 
And the events that Laura is destroying people at, she will continue to destroy people at. And if, if Mal starts winning strength events and winning uh, running events, then my tune will completely change. But as far as shoring up your holes, Mal still has a lot of work to do if we're talking about Tia Toomey. You know, I'm not saying she can't be the fittest woman in the world. She definitely can. But Tia Toomey. So, John, are you saying three in a row or is she going to win three in a row by 200 plus points is a different question. Yeah, right. I don't think you. I don't think she's Madero's though. I think like I don't think she's as consistent as Madero's. Madero's has always been even keel across the way. He would get ninth and everything before he was getting first place. If you go back and look at his filthy one hundred and fifty in twenty nineteen, he was just the same. He's the same across the board his whole entire CrossFit career. Mal has holes that she has to fill. It's and difficult to you, talk about Maderos in that way. I was there for Filthy 150. I saw him. I know how impressive that was. But I saw him the year, the year, two years before at regionals, and he wasn't that good yet. He was still coming along. He still had things to figure out. 2020 games is unfortunate because he only did that live event against five people, so it's hard to say how good or bad those performances would have been. And, yes, the last two years he's been very consistent. What I'm saying is that Mal's performances this year at the games demonstrate an incredible level of consistency and in a diversity across a lot of events. And you say that she's terrible on these uh, running events. I mean, she was ninth in the capital. That's extremely respectable. Yeah, she did bad on the, on the shuttle to overhead sprint workout. The fact that she was able to back that up with a third on the lifting event was still extremely impressive to me. And I'd rather have someone who can lift heavy tired than someone who can just run fast. And, uh, you know, I'm not dissuaded by any of the things that you've said from what, I've, from what my position is. Okay, my point is she will never beat Laura at the events that Laura is beating her at. And Laura can beat her in events that she beat her at during the games, like similar <laughs> events, other than handstand push-ups. Obviously, if that comes up, Mal's probably going to win. And I, what I think is going to happen is Mal could win one year and then Laura could win one year. And, you know, freaking Emma Lawson's still coming. We don't know what Olivia Kerstetter is. I think it's going to look like what the men's field looks like now. Okay. As far as we're chasing now, but she just keeps winning. Jamal Smith, <laughs> Jamal twice. Smith, please. Before we say he keeps winning, he was back to back. It's not like he's do- doing it year after year after year after year. Mr. Smith, please weigh in. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I could have, that I would add to this conversation is the Matt biggest Fraser thing you'd added. add. You know what the biggest thing I'd add to this conversation? I'll tell you after you go. Go ahead. <laughs> but Matt Frazier has consistently said that they're playing the long game where you have multiple athletes peaking for the CrossFit Games for this year, he's making sure that Mal O'Brien is peaking for two years from now. Throughout the whole season, he's said that, you know, at the uh, quarterfinals, he's been pulling back the reins, not letting her go all in. And I feel like as soon as Matt feels that she's 110% and ready, you will get that dominant performance like Tia has shown. Great argument. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Always a great, the best contributor to the show. I'm going to give you best contributor show 2000. Uh, I'm going to give you the old one, 2021, even though it's 2000. Okay. My, my argument to that is if Matt magically puts 50 pounds on Mal's lifts and 30 seconds to her mile time and magically makes her sprint faster, way faster because she's way behind as far as the top girls go. Like that's not peaking. That's who you are. Okay, and she's peaking for the games, whether you think she is or not. They're not overtraining. 
She's going to take a deload after the games, just how he did. He just thinks her best self is not. Matt used to take a deload after the games. Matt wouldn't work out to the open. His deloads oh, oh, are crazy. Oh. oh. Uh, uh, to fund John's future, to fund John's future haircut. Are y'all saying I should shave my head? I he's don't, never I getting. Don't it. He's never getting. It. Hey, I want to say this, this, this. What Brian did, it makes it so apropos. What I mentioned about the trees earlier in Scotland, you were, um, you were using apples as the metric that she took a zero, and then Brian started using oranges the metrics to shore up his argument, saying it was her third worst event because she took a fifteenth. But she still did. Uh, Brian's like those tricky fact checkers at Facebook. He's, she still took 15th and Laura took a 39th. So, yeah, but you can't just, yeah. you can't, you can't what? Brian, you turned into a robot. Brian, you turned, we can't hear you. Turned into a robot. His mic is like Mal's abilities. There's still a lot of holes to fill there. Yeah, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Your internet connections is about as good as Mal's CrossFit game. <laughs> Hello, testing. Maybe you have to log off and log back in. And for the record, I think she's going to win next year if Tia does not compete. But I love how chi- I love how chill Susan and, and Caleb are. They don't even give a fuck. The show's falling apart. We lost someone. They're just like, hmm. All right. Fine. Didn't you mean to jump in and start the argument here? <laughs> you can't make Stuff the argument. Like any other show. <laughs> Do you want to move to the next question until you jump? No, in? no, no. I, I think that there's still. Um, I think there is some. Still, some. There is. Oh man, look at that connection. That's not a good sign. Did you see the spin wheel Brian had? It's not a good sign. Someone on the building, just in Brian's building, turned on their blender, and his fucking internet's gone to shit. Any better? Oh, yeah, yes, you're, yeah you're back. You're back. Uh, so let me review the, say the question one more time. Will Mal be the next Tia when Tia is gone? And and, and, and Brian thinks that, yes, it's looking that way, and John Young says no. There's there's uh, there, She's just never going to be that dominant. There's too big a holes. And Jamal Smith weighed in and, and kind of leaned on Brian's side and said, no, those holes are filling up nicely. You're not looking but, at the long game. Like the Alpaca was one of her worst events, right, Brian? Yep, second worst. Yeah, it will never be one of her best. It will always be about like that. It might be better, but 18th will be 11th at best because she will never be able to overtake people like Warbath or Barnhart. You don't have if 11th is your worst workout in the games, then you're Tia Claire to me. No. Yes. She, Tia has never had a year where she's finished inside the top 10 on every workout. She's had these 11th, these 14th, these whatevers. You can have workouts like that. She's so I'm, there will, so- I'm saying those are not Mal's workouts. Mal will all you can pin her in for not having a great workout in these type of events. And then there's going to be weird events that she just doesn't do as good. Like Tia has weird event, like the skill medley. We didn't expect that from Tia. There will that, always that be events That was not a problem like with Tia. That was a problem with the uh, event. I know. I'm just saying weird events where they just don't do very well. And this is, Savan, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Uh, if Fraser and Mal ever hear this conversation, the confidence in my position is amplified tenfold. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. If what? anything, uh, I'm creating uh, a monster by not believing in her. 
Um, it By is the way, to John's point about he's basically arguing that Laura Horvath is the reason that Mal will not be the next Tia. They were seven and seven this this year at the games, seven and seven on workouts head to head, and uh, some of them were very close. But this is Laura's been competing at the games since 2018. This is Mal's second year, and she's only 18 years old. I do not think we're looking at the next Haley Adams here. That's never going to be able to make improvements in her strength. I think Mal will continue to get stronger. It's not going to be 50 pounds in a year. This goes to Mr. Smith's point about uh, Fraser. He's not in a rush to put 50 pounds on her back squat. But over the next three years, she will get that much stronger, and she will be that much more um difficult to beat at the games. And I think that she is exactly the type of athlete that can reel off multiple consecutive CrossFit games titles. This is good. This I can tell this show is going to exacerbate uh, Brian's um, allergies. Do you have an inhaler there? Justin? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I, I want to say this, this was interesting to hear Brian say this, this it's, it, it's not the problem with Tia. It's the problem with the workout. The skill speed medley, medley, the skill speed medley. Is that the, uh, is that, I, I know that's not one of the questions here, but is that the worst workout of the CrossFit games this year? Is that one just, Oh, that was one of my favorite workouts. I would say definitely it was the worst. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that was the one that had all the new shit. Like you had to climb the pegboard without the your feet. It had to, to be great. It had the crossover with the jump ropes. It had the starting Why was position. It not great? So I had the starting position on the parallettes with uh, in, in in the what they called the low position. Um, it was a fucking d- disaster, but it was kind. But here, in that regard, a great parallel here. Here, the fact that that workout was such a disaster, the fact that Nick Matthew did it, and we got to see Adrian um kind of get a little bit of redemption, and Nick Matthew show explode onto the scene. That's why it's kind of fun having like someone like Tia in there because if Mal does beat her next year. Holy shit. And if Holy Mal were to shit. beat Tia ever, which I never see happening, if she does beat Tia, I'll completely switch my tune and be like, yeah, she's, yeah. You know what would have been cool in that sk- speed skill medley <clears throat> is if they let every athlete do all three iterations of it and your score was your total time or reps. So we could actually see. I don't know. I like the execution factor. Yes, you shouldn't. You should never miss a single under. That is not true, John. You could do that event, Brian, and you would have beaten people who missed in the single under. Maybe. And maybe I miss a single under because it just happens. I want to say say this and then I do want to talk about the capacity to do a strict pegboard. And I never get to do it. Or I have the capacity to cross over double unders and I never get to do it because I made one trip on a single under. It's not a reflection of my fitness. I don't know. I think, uh, but Brian, what about the fact that there's 15? What about the fact that there's 15 workouts? Then it's okay to test that kind of pers- uh, I don't know what that is. A precision there are ways deter- to test precision and accuracy. Yes. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, if you if you program and a workout and you say you have to have an unbroken set of wall balls, then you can allow for the fact and say if you miss one, it doesn't mean that your set is uh, is over. You can keep going. It's just a no rep. And then you can still get an unbroken set where you were able to demonstrate your fitness to do the set unbroken. It wasn't a it holy wasn't a shit. What? That's a great comparison. What do you think about that? What do you think about that, John? What if someone said, Hey, you have to do 50 wall balls, and if you miss the target, you have to start over again? Would you be okay with that? As yeah, I'd be, I'd be fine, but I'd be fine with the the single unders as well. If you asked Tia if she thought that event was bad, I bet she would say no. Like honestly, 
but not being on camera, I think she would say, no, I should have just done 75 single unders unbroken. That's me. Well, she has to say that if she's a good No, no, no. Champion. If you asked her in person, in jest, honestly, if Shane asked her that question, I think, she, I think she would be like, no, I can do 75 single unders. That's my bad. Well, like Tudor Magda, Tudor Magda, Tudor Magda, who tripped over and over and over. It was one of the most tragic things in the world because he's one of the best handstand walkers there is. Wasn't able to do it because he couldn't do 75 single unders. I think there's value in exploring that. Like execution should be part of the games. It should not be like the last event, but it, exactly where it was, I have no problem with it. If it was a seven uh, a seven event competition like Rogue, I think execution shouldn't be a part of it, because, or not to that extent. Because seven events, you can be skewed so hard by one event. But it, the games is not like that. There's 15 events. Execute to your fullest. I have no problem with it. Hey, does Danny Spiegel have an? She doesn't. Have, she doesn't have an OnlyFans page, right? She has like the, she has like the Instagram equivalent to it, like a subscription to like an Instagram something. I bet people are paying her on Instagram. I know. I think she does. Hey, this guy Jeff just gave me a great idea. He said by far the best moment of the CrossFit Games was uh, when Danny Spiegel hoisted the bag. I bet you for like five grand, dudes would pay her just to like hoist them up on her shoulder and like carry her ten feet and throw them on like a mattress on the ground. Five grand. Uh, Jamal Smith, this is fucking cr- – it's crazy when people say shit like this because it puts everything in perspective. Mal is only 18 and could easily have 12-plus years in the sport. Given that time frame, 50 pounds is easily attainable. I can't believe she's 18. I think Brian's right, John. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Hey, I don't think Tia should quit. I think she should keep going till she gets beat. I don't think it's cool when champions leave unbeaten. I don't think any more of Mayweather because he's 50 and 0. Fuck him. I mean, it's a grind. It's hard to put your body through that year. That part I agree with, but I don't think you should leave like, oh, I got to keep my zero. Fuck you. Give back to the sport. Let someone hammer your ass. And like Matt said and like Rich said before, like it's it's a selfish existence because everything goes to being the fittest person in the world. When you're that good, Everything goes to that. So I, I completely get it when they want to retire. Hey, you know there's 10 people out there wearing Be Friendly shirts right now that are texting Brian being like, fuck John, tell him this. Fuck John, like Halpin and and uh, and uh, Schroeder and all the, the whole dork squad's getting on, help, sending Brian intel. Tell us, Brian. They are, right? All my, all my notifications are on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> hey, do you, know, do you ever call Brian, John? Do I ever call him? Yeah. No, I text him every now and again. You have to call him in couplets. Every time you call Brian or text Brian, whenever I text Brian, it says, um, do you want it to ring? He has this thing off. I'm like, fuck yeah, I want it to ring. Like I fucking text him, bug his oh, ass. He always every- responds immediately to me. No, not to me. <laughs> and then and then when I call him, it always goes to voicemail. And I know he has his phone like set to that setting. So I always just call right back. And then it pushes through, you know, like it put, it's like it breaks mm-hmm. the hymen. And then I'm in there. It's a fucking. He does. He does and then he goes, what? And then he'll text me back. What's so important? I'm like, I, I just want to talk to you. I just want to hear your voice. <laughs> That's probably. It's important. I called you. Like I don't know. He does send cryptic texts though. I'll you ask him some detailed question that I need like a lot of details, right? That requires a paragraph of a of a statement back, and he yes. just sends yes or no, and like with nothing back, nothing. 
to explain it at all. And it's, that's frustrating. But other than that, and your response to me pretty quickly. I do like it when um, he does this though. It, it makes me feel like I'm on the A team. If he's busy, he will answer and then just tell me he's busy as opposed to just keep sending me to voicemail. I'll be like, I'm teaching. I'm like, Oh, like, so at least I get that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so will Mal be the next to you? Uh, Tia to me when Tia is gone uh, or when Tia is there, Brian, uh, you say yes, John, you say no. Mm-hmm. That was great. I liked that topic. We were, yeah. Both sides were very well articulated and it'll be f- both sides could happen. It'll be fun to see like what happens later on. I know we're just doing this as a show, but I'm excited to see who's, you know, right and wrong. Hey, is this true? Barnhart is going to proven. Is that true? I have no idea. Can someone pull up her IG and, and see? Uh... Okay. Yeah. Number three. I suspect this is the, uh, we will not make it. And just so you know, number f- uh, five is fucking incredible. No, no, number. Uh, they're all incredible. Is the, we, we still have, is Tia the best CrossFitter in uh, history? Or is it Rich or Matt or someone else? Or is it Greg Glassman? Uh, higher expectations for next year. Emma Carey, Annika Greer. Uh, Annika Greer or Olivia Kerstetter is also amazing. And then who's the fittest in Europe? I don't think we'll get to any of those. <laughs> but what we do have. If we don't get to them this time, we'll bring it. We'll, we'll come come back next time. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one. Well, I only have 20 more minutes. But this question is great. You guys are lucky, those of you who made it this far in the show. This is great just because it's um, Brian. What? <laughs> Man, this is going to be good. Hey, this is in order. If Brian were to dabble, if Brian wanted to explore his bisexuality, this is who he would do it with in this order. Patrick Vellner, Fakowski, and Bjorkvin, Carl Goodmanson. These are like, maybe you switch Fakowski and, and, and Bjorkvin. But man, Brian loves these guys. Can This is like a mean question. Who came up with this? This is Brian's question. Man, he hates himself. He's a masochist. Wait, was this my question or was this your question? It was yours. Oh, oh, my oh you hate Brian. That makes more sense. Can Patrick Vellner, guys, listen to this. It's a changing of the guards when you organize it like this. And what's crazy is the guys they're switching out with are just, or two of them are done too. They're old. Men's division's about to get crazy. No, they're not. Dude, come on. Ricky's toast. Ricky's got one more year in him. He's like Can Pat? He's going to get injured at the next game. Sorry, Ricky. I love him, but he'll be a regular on the show soon too. Can Patrick Vellner... Brent Fikowski or Bjorgman Carl Goodmanson ever beat Justin Roman or Ricky ever again? I don't know who went first last time. I think it was John. No, no, Brian went first. He gave us a huge monologue. You go ahead, John. Okay, I'll go, I'll go first. I, I'm going to say uh, yes. I don't – as far as who wins the CrossFit games, I don't think Valner Fikowski or BKG ever win the CrossFit games. I think – but I do think they can mix between Justin Roman and Ricky. I think there will be of those six guys. I wouldn't be surprised if next year and the year after that, it's just a combination of all of them. I don't think those three always beat the uh, first three. Um, I do think Justin and Roman are a tier ahead of everybody else though. I think it's between Justin and Roman as far as who wins the next CrossFit games. And I, seriously think Roman could beat Justin. I don't think Justin is dominant, but obviously Justin is amazing at being consistent. So he's always going to be there. Um, after that, I think it's, uh, you know, just depending on the events, Ricky got a lot of events he could crush this year. 
and he did. Um, so between Ricky, Vellner, Fikowski, and BKG, I mean, I think they could all just be a mix for those two. I think Justin and Roman are in a tier of their own, though. Uh, two things I want to uh, two things that I will come back and bring up is um, uh, John mentioned the the pro, the events this year at the game, so that is an interesting point. It, could the programming really mix these guys up? And I hate that discussion, but I guess it has to be had. And the second thing that I'd like both of you to address is this was Roman's first year, and now he has experience at the games. And how important is that going to be, Ricky? Everyone else on that list has already been to the games and had that experience. Brian, go ahead. As far as winning winning the CrossFit Games or beating these guys at the games, <clears throat> I kind I thought two years ago was Velner's best chance to win and Fikowski's best chance to win in twenty twenty one, and I didn't do it. Um, I, that was that was Matt's first year gone, is what you're saying? Yeah, and Justin's first win. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brian that, sounds like he's doing a eulogy. <laughs> this kind of hurts. <laughs> Coming into this year, I, I. I thought the same. I thought it was Velner's last chance to win. I thought it was Fikowski's last chance to win. I was more confident in Velner having a chance to compete for the title this year than Brent. Obviously, I placed, ranked him second. I think I ranked Brett, Brent fourth or fifth coming into the games. And I had you know, Justin first and Roman third, and I was way off the mark on Ricky. I didn't know that he would be as good as he was this season. Um, I think it's over for these guys relative to beating Justin and Roman for sure, and possibly Ricky as well. Ricky's not that much. He's 28. Roman's 27, if you guys are wondering. At least that's what the game site has him listed as. And BKG is not really that much older than them. Uh, he's 29. Uh, so I think I think that there's, like, I don't know. I would say Justin, Roman, and Ricky are, are those are the guys now. And I think that it's, it's over for Pat, Brent, and BKG relative to beating them at the games. And see, I think there's a, I think there's a huge battle for third, uh, and Roman and Justin are just ahead of everybody else. But I think that third place is up for grabs between those three, Ricky. I mean, maybe Sam Quant. He's the most inconsistent person ever. He's either amazing or terrible. Twenty six years old. Twenty six years uh, old. Sam. And freaking Adler has improved every single year. As old, as old as dirt. Had his best year ever. Done. Toast. And Lazar and Hopper are all coming as well. Like they're all getting better. Lazar and Hopper both. So I mean, I don't know if they can jump into that next tier, but they are getting better. Um, I think third is a huge battle between like six guys. And then I think Roman and Justin are just ahead of everybody else. I think there's a gap after that. Cole and Noah 31. So we'll be curious to see. The door's gonna open for Jason Hopper, man. The door is about to open for this dude. That dude's going on the podium next year. I think I'll be curious chance. to see. I'll be curious to see what happens at Rogue this year. Uh, I will too. Yeah. In some in some regards, Roman needs to prove to me the way that Justin did last year that he can repeat this effort against this caliber of field. Um, I have I didn't see anything at the games that makes me think he can't do that. But finishing fifth at Rogue is not is is not good enough for Roman if this is what he if he wants to be the best in the sport. Uh, Again, we have no reason not to think that Justin won't win there, or you know. And, but if someone beats him, that would be significant. But more so for Velner, I think he's already said that he's going to go there. And if he can podium at Rogue, if all these, if all the guys actually show up and he podiums at Rogue, then I might, uh, I might give him a chance to podium next year at the games. But right now, I don't know. I think these guys are just 
you know, it's hard. Like at some point, age will catch up to everyone. I'm not saying that he's old. I'm not saying that he's bad. He's still very good. He had some. He's just not getting better. He's not getting better. And he continues to do the same thing that he's always done, which is have these blunders in the competition that you, that the, that these other guys are not having or not having as many or as significant of. So I would lean towards the, the second, the younger group here. Hey dude. Did I surprise you, Savan? You said I would not, I would not have a definitive answer on this. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. That was your most definitive answer. I'm, 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 I'm shocked. I'm almost sad. It almost broke my heart. I want to, uh, this, I want to show you something uh, here. It's pretty fucking harsh, but fuck it. Let's do it. Uh, here, here's the deal. Justin's gonna stay at the top, and Roman and Ricky and Samuel Quant and Jeffrey Adler and Patrick Vellner are all gone. That puts Jason Hopper back. It put, puts him in second. Uh, Lazar Jukic uh, may, maybe third. Gee fourth. It, but but it but and then they have gonna have to deal with Samuel Cornwaye fifth. I just told you the top five guys for 2023 cross games. Oh, man, I mean, the rest such... of these guys are toast. I don't know what the fuck Saxon's doing. I was so 26, bummed that Cornwell messed up the Rogue Online qualifier. He, you know, based on his performances, he would have won the qualifier and been um, able to compete at Rogue this year, which would have been incredible to see. Then we could have actually had a data point. And what happened? He didn't weigh his weights. Same Sam, well, same Mayer. thing. Tra- oh fuck! How many people did it affect? Do you know? No, as I was saying earlier, we still don't know. I mean, uh, Barbell Spin reported 25 plus whatever, but that was like, it's still going. And that was only on workout one that some of those guys had an issue. Now you're starting to see like Colt Mertens was in like, he'd bumped all the way up to fifth, but then now he's listed as zero reps for event three. I don't know what, what happened, why he's got zero reps oh, for shit. event three. Can, but you, now can someone outside. pull that up? Leaderboard for Rogue? So anyway, the, the point of there is I would have loved to see Sam Cornway at Rogue this year because he obviously took the year off to compete with Rich on the team. We knew that was going to be a one-time and done type of thing. I think it was really good for him in terms of a mental perspective to have that experience competing with Rich, training with Rich, learning from him all year long, feeling what it's like to win. And I would have liked to see him at Rogue this year so I would know if Savan's got a, a, a case and a point here that he could be a top five contender. I do think he could be a top 10 contender. I'm not sure about top five. Wait, this is live right now? Yeah, I literally I have, a, right. I have a screenshot look- from this morning of this. I've been taking screenshots every morning of this leaderboard, and Colton had zero reps for workout three. Can you morning. scroll so I can yeah. see what That's the workouts what are a little bit? Scroll this down is a little bit. Ridiculous. Stop updating the leaderboard after every little adjustment. Tell no us other way. the workouts, and when you're done reviewing them, post a finalized leaderboard. There we go. So there's only four workouts? Yeah. I want to send you something right now, Savan. Can you, if I send you something, can you pull it up on your? Uh, on yeah, your, if yeah, if you send it in the chat. If come, you can, come on, come on. Okay. If not, just text it to me. This is uh, so so. You're saying earlier today, Colton's uh, workout three wasn't um, had a zero, and now it says fifteen reps. I just sent it, Caleb. You should be able to pull that up, and you can see this is a leaderboard this morning when I woke up. It looked when maybe he was dinged because look how low is well he is the same as Jack Farlow. Do you do you know if Justin's doing the qualifier? Justin or not the qualifier, just, just Justin Medeiros is doing the rope. He said he was, I think, when he was on my podcast. So him and he Roman said he's not training for it though. He said he, he he said he's taking a month. He said he he should be training for it, but it's more important to rest, so he's resting. Well, he's he said in- the same thing last year and he still won. So I put everybody in an equal field. 
Huh, someone wrote is CFHQ running the road. I don't think it's that bad. I I don't know if I agree with Ryan about the the leaderboard. They have, what, but don't they have somewhere on there, Brian? Didn't you say that says this isn't um. As long as they have an asterisk on there that says, "Hey, this is being changed, modified," right? Yeah, it's at the top. It says it's a. a, a this is from this morning when I woke up. Okay. Oh shit, Colton's gone. Do you do you want to do the uh, the Tetlo's there in third? Here's Colton in eleventh. So, so why can't they, why are you upset that they keep changing it? If they're, what they're doing is trying to get precision and if the they haven't want to compete in the off season, right? If they qualify for rogue, they're not going to do other competitions. For example, the, the Zelos games is hosting 12 male and 12 female athletes the week after rogue in Vegas right. for an online competition. That's kind of like an open style. They don't know the workouts. They come in, they do two workouts on Saturday, two on Sunday, and it kicks off this two week online portion of the competition. There's money to be won there. Uh, if you don't make it for Rogue, the guy is going to invite someone like a Colton Mertens. But if he does make Rogue, he's not. But what and are so- these changes? What are these changes? These changes are just happening. I mean, it's only a few more days of this before it's finalized, right? It's been like five days of rolling changes. Manu Nangonis was in second. Then she was in 20, 20th. Now she's in first. It's weird. It's not conducive to uh, you know an easy environment for athletes to plan around. She can't come anyway. Why not? She's not allowed in the United States. Why not? She's not didn't take the forced injection. Okay. But anyway, that but that doesn't disprove your point. I just wanted to get that in there. Hey, did you see that three that those athletes over there? Did you see her case? Basically, I guess there were some athletes over there that they didn't get the notification what the workout is until 10 p.m. and then it was like due the next morning or some shit. Is that true? That kind of sucks for them. I don't know. I just think that in all of these cases, when there's an online competition. It would be much cleaner because people are paying attention. The athletes are paying attention. The media is paying attention and everyone gets excited about this stuff. Just say, we're having an online competition. There's going to be a review process. It's going to be when the leaderboard is finalized, we'll populate it. Just say that. I, I, I like it that it changes as long as they tell you it's changing. It gives us something to talk about. It's exciting. I would, I would classify it as a different word, but okay. Shit, shit show. You think it's shit show? I think it's annoying. I think it's annoying. I, for the I agree with Brian. I don't think they should put anything up until everything is finalized and just give you a date. Like in a week, we will have a finalized leaderboard. Please bear with us. It's and the same. It you know, out, it's, 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 a similar, it's a similar conversation to the, the quarterfinals. It took 39 days for them to finalize the quarterfinal leaderboard. Why? Why is it taking so long? It's ridiculous. The athletes and the fans and the coaches and the events need to be able to plan for this stuff. If you can't run an online competition, 39 days is too long. If you can't run an online competition and have the results turned around in one week, finalized one time, then don't run the competition. You're not qualified to. Where, where did John go? I don't know, but that gives me a chance to ask you this. So, are you saying, do you think that Velner and Fikowski and Bjorkman, Carl Goodmanson should retire? Do, do you no. Think? I mean, look, if their only goal is to win the CrossFit Games, I don't, I don't think that they can do it anymore. But I don't think that that's their only goal, and I think there's a huge value in terms of legacy and still earning potential to be able to to place in the top ten. There's a lot of sponsorship endorsements. There's a lot of impact that they can have on the on the sport, the community. Can uh, they still have fun, John? I was asking him, does he think that um, Velner or Fakowski or Bjorgren should retire? And he's saying no, but and he's giving all these reasons. But these dudes only want to go if they think they can win, right? 
I think if there's a chance at the podium, they'd want to go. Um, yeah, I think they're making money to work out. I don't even think like you guys think that they can podium. I think you guys think that – I'm hearing that you guys think that they're – No, I think they can podium. I think any one of those three guys can podium. I don't think – I think the years of being second or first is over. I'll also say this, and I hope that this is the case. You know, Adrian Bosman made a point this year to say, I know where the athletes are weak. I know where they have not been preparing for. And in my opinion, his programming was um, too extreme in that regard of trying to expose all of those things at once. And it did, and for certain athletes, it did create a different experience in terms of their performance and positioning on the leaderboard. <clears throat> I think it would have been could have been uh, rolled out a little bit differently. But the fact that he chose to do that, my hope is that next year that he reminds the athletes that what you think you're preparing for is not what you're preparing for and that the test looks dramatically different and that there are different areas of fitness that are exposed and the things that athletes think that they need to prepare for based on this past year are almost irrelevant next year because there's other elements of the complete test of fitness that you also need to be good at. And that's where someone who's very well-rounded and balanced like a Justin Medeiros or Mallory O'Brien will still be good. But you might see some of the guys like John was saying, like Ricky, who had this string of like six or seven straight top seven finishes to start the week. He might not get dealt such a great hand next year. And instead he might have eight workouts like he had this year, which were, you know, 12th to 20th or whatever they were that, that start the weekend. And when you start the weekend with set with six straight workouts outside the top 10, instead of six inside the top 10, I know it's an extreme example, but mentally that's a lot different for you to prepare with. And you look at someone like, like a Dallin Pepper, the first eight workouts of this weekend were terrible for him. He was just getting exposed left and right. And what does that do to your psyche? And is that something that you can rebound and bounce back from and have a good finish to the weekend? If he gets dealt a good hand up front next week, it might be totally different. And that's, I think, the ordering of events matters, the things that the programmer is, is trying to expose or highlight that not just one athlete, but the whole field of athletes is neglecting in their training and preparation is important. It's okay to have that. But yeah, there's a, like you guys are talking about, there's a lot of guys that are in the mix and the, the, the way the structure of the overall programming can have an impact on the way that some of this plays out. I think somebody like Hopper could benefit hugely too if he had a great first day because he came back and got seventh, I believe. And uh, he was like 31st place after day one. It was really bad. He had three straight really bad events. And just by having a little bit different events if those 35th places are 15th then he's easily in the running to podium as well by the way if you're looking at the leaderboard and you think john's wrong about that don't forget that the shuttle to overhead did not happen second and third so the first three workouts he did were actually 18th 28th 29th and he was way down there on the leaderboard it just looks it doesn't look that way when you look at the leaderboard because they list oh, shuttle to overhead okay good stuff great point uh Often you'll hear we're off script now because I, I don't want to do question number uh, four um, in, until the next show. Uh, often you'll hear that the women, the men are deeper. That there's a deeper field of men. Okay. But when I look at the women's competition next year, I think the top 20 women are better than the top 20 men. I feel like that there's a reshuffling. There's almost like next year is going to sort of be this cleansing of the men. It's going to maybe the worst year in, in men's uh, competition. 
and and, I mean, and, and maybe the women and maybe the women's best. There's a lot of new blood in the women next year. Yeah, man. It the women's it, the women seems is that true? The men's the men is deeper, but the top twenty or top fifty women are actually the better athletes, better competition to watch, invest time and energy into. I don't know. It's it's like you have to go a little bit further down the men's leaderboard at the games and ask yourself, are guys like um Jay Crouch, Enrico Zanoni, Baden Brown, Colton Mertens, Cole Grayshaver, Tudor Magda, that are still young and ascending in their career, going to push into that top 25, top 20, top 15 conversation. And you're still, you're still going to add some guys back in, possibly Chandler Smith, Samuel Cornwayer, who you've brought up. You might lose a couple, but you're going to have an influx of, of new blood on the men's side too, or a resurgence of some of these guys. Maybe like I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Tudor, Magda, and Cole Greasehaber improve dramatically from this year to next year. They both looked really solid at semifinals. It's always going to be hard to qualify out of North American semifinals, but I think they can do it again. And I think they can do a lot better at the games than they did this year. And somebody like Dallin. Dallin can improve a lot. He could be in top 10 next year as well. Well, I think that that's what Savan's looking at is if you look at this, like you see uh, 11 through 20, you have Saxon. It's kind of an unknown. How good is Saxon? Can he get any better? Has he already peaked? No, Olsen's getting older. Cole Sager's getting older. Nick Matthew was at the games this year. He's 28. Can he do that again? Fiona Koski's not no. that old, but he's, you know, this is the worst performance he's had in a while. It was a tough season for him with a surgery, with an illness. He had to go through LCQ. We'll see. Fikowski's getting older. Or what Willie George are we going to see? Travis Mayer's getting older. And then you have Dallin and Spencer that I think, yeah, are younger and can be good. So, um, it'll, it, but on the women's field for two years in a row now, we've had like six to 10 women that were not in the field that, uh, that could be really relevant in the games field. So I'm just curious to see if this, maybe this next year, Savan could be right, where if the new, all this new blood that we're going to talk about uh, probably in the next show, plus some of the older guard, like, can Jamie Simmons get back on track and be relevant in a semifinal and at the games? Can Katrin come back if she wants to? Can Sarah come back? Will Annie return to the individual games field? You think Car? <laughs> I kind of think Cara will. Is Cara done? Inter- is she? It'll know, be interesting she- to see where she is next year. Toast. Anyway, toast. But three if, of those four are toast. But if is some of these Sarah, Cara, back, and uh, Katrin are toast. But if some of these women come back, and you also have the like, I don't know if Bethany Shadburn's going to try to compete toast. Again next year. No, I'm I'm out on Bethany Shadburn. I I believed in her so badly for like three straight years, and she's just never came well. Through. You know, we, it is pretty. She's America's Jamie her. Simmons. It is well. Uh, Seva, why are they toast? Because their age. Yeah, their age. They're, and everyone's gotten too good. There's, it's just too good. The, the 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 freaks are out now. It's 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 turned the women's divisions turned into a freak show. Tia set the bar so fucking high, and now we have people like Emma Lawson, Olivia Kerstetter, and Emma Carey. It's it's a what Emma Lawson did this year is fucking mind boggling. But another show. I want to ask you one more question about Roman. But how? By the way, just so you just so you know, yes, Emma Lawson's young and and compared to this other person, but Alexis Raptors is only thirty four points behind her. Mm. She's a rookie, also finishing the top ten this year. So I think she hasn't been getting enough credit. And looks like she has a crazy head on her shoulders. She looks like she got her shit together. Oh, no, I um, go ahead. I want to talk but, about Roman real quick um, with, with our three minutes left. How important is this year's experience for Roman? Like there, there's a good chance that maybe he'll be 5% better now just because he believes in himself. Like he hung with the monsters and he's like, oh shit, I am one of the monsters. 
I don't buy that. I think oh, Roman okay. came into this year and was like, I'm better than all of y'all. I'm letting y'all know y'all can't hang with me. I I think Roman is the most confident person in the whole field. Like when he does an event, he looks like I'm just better. Like his facial expressions, there's no worry to him at all. Like I feel like Madero's when he doesn't know if he's going to be good in an event, like he he looks angrier. He's very focused. He's trying to get in the mode of I'm about to hurt myself to win right here. And I do not see – and Ricky looks scared at times. I don't see that with Roman at all. I don't think there's the – The sandbag uh, event maybe is specifically uh, – definitely Roman seem more casual. Not that any of them seem casual, but uh, Ricky and and, uh, and uh, Justin were intense. Yeah, they were. And they both did amazing. Ricky, they, they, they were going to fight. They both they ended up like beating him fight. on that workout. Yeah, and they I both, they both early, beat In the him. early rounds, you would have bet on Roman. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. No, no. They both did amazing. I'm just saying from a confidence perspective, I don't think there's anybody who's on a better mindset than Roman guy. He's a, he's a machine. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I will say that there, you know, Roman has done a ton of competitions in the parts of the world that he was able to compete over the last several years. And he has a lot of competition pedigree. But this was a, you know, the CrossFit Games is different. There aren't any other competitions that are, that's a good point too, their mindset in Russia, especially when you come from the part of Russia. Well, it's just a Siberia. Where it is. It's, an, it's, it's a tough mindset. That's just, um, it's definitely an asset. Experience does matter. You do learn a lot going through that the first year. And whether you're confident or not, there's certain nuances and elements of competing at the CrossFit Games over those five days against that caliber of field that he will draw upon that will make him even more formidable next year. I think just living in the U.S. this year and training without the doubt that he'll be here, he doesn't have to go through that process again. He's It's done. Will help him. I think he will improve just from that fact alone. Caleb. Hi. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Just thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. Uh... Next week, I think we'll, this will be uh, sooner than later, uh, although Brian has a bunch of shows coming up. Uh, but the three topics we need to cover is, is Tia uh, really the best CrossFitter of all time or the fittest in history out of men and women, not just uh, that needs to be talked about. Higher expectations for next year's crew. Uh, uh, Emma Carey, wow. Annika Greer, wow. And Olivia Kerstetter. Um, and then finally, fittest in Europe. We'll be talking about that on the next show. John Young, you're a beast. Brian, you're the greatest that ever lived. Caleb, just thank you.